Hello, and welcome to the Not Doc Martin Show. I'm your host, Anthony Martin, a husband, father, and educator. On the show, we'll talk about a variety of topics, but in the end, they'll all tie back to my fundamental belief that education, in whatever form that may be, can make a difference and change the world. Thanks for dropping in with us for this episode of the Not Doc Martin Show. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the first episode of the Not Doc Martin Show. I happen to be your host, Doc Martin. So I'm Anthony Martin. I will be your host as we explore a variety of things on the Not Doc Martin Show. So I first wanted to send a shout out to my wife, Christy, who has encouraged me and pushed and prodded and done all of the amazing things to get me to actually sit down and record this. Without her doing that, this would never have come into an existence. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I am a husband to my wife, Christy, of 15 years. We've been together for almost 18 years now. Um, we have five children, five boys. Uh, they are, will be, the youngest will be in third grade and the oldest will be a freshman in high school when and if school starts in the fall. Um, I was born and raised in a little area, in the Porterville area in a little county called Tulare County in California. I grew up out in the middle of nowhere out by Poplar Cotton Center and I was the oldest son to two people who lived in the area. I have a younger brother and sister. And so we grew up what I would consider poor. Um, we didn't really have a lot of things growing up, but we didn't necessarily want for a lot. Um, I went to a small country K-8 elementary school um, where most of the kids I graduated high school with were the same kids I started kindergarten with. Uh, it was a pretty cool experience in that you Everyone was real similar in their demographics as far as socioeconomic status. We, there was no real discrepancies there. A few kids who were wealthier from the, the dairies and the, the farm owners, but most of us were pretty much in the same spot. Um, from there, I went to one of the local high schools where I got put into the higher academic classes because school has always come naturally to me. School's always been one of those things where I've just been, I've been good at it. it. I was told I was good at it. I was told I was smart. It came easy. So when I got to high school, I got put into the algebras, the, the tried to put me in the honors classes, but I didn't want to go into the English honors class. So I didn't, but those were the type of classes more along the academic route. Uh, that was different than most of the kids I went to elementary school with. Um, most of them did not go into algebra as a freshman, which was the norm back then. Uh, what was interesting is though the students that I was in my other classes with, none of them were in algebra. They were all in geometry. And that was because they had gone to different schools in town that had middle schools where they actually took algebra as an eighth grader. That seemed weird to me because I went to a small country school, you know, but that's just the way it was. So high school was four years of an interesting time. Um, three of those years I spent in choir. That's where I made a lot of my friends that I spent most of my time with in high school. Um, but by the time I graduated high school, I was ready to be out of the small town. 
Um, when I graduated high school in Porterville, according to the sign, there were 26,000 people living in the city, and that was the big city in our area. Uh, Visaya, which was a little bigger, um, but that was 30 minutes away. And so for those of us who grew up in Poplar Cotton Center and those little outlying communities, Porterville was the city. Um, so I said, forget it, I need out of this small town. I don't, don't like it here, I'm gonna move away and I'm never, ever, ever coming back. So at 18, I moved with the help of my parents down to Long Beach to go to Cal State Long Beach. Uh, here's this little country kid from Tulare County moving to this big, huge city. Um, let me tell you, it was a culture shock. Uh, coming, coming from a four bedroom house on three quarters of an acre to a one bedroom condo in downtown Long Beach was something else, let me tell you. It, it was a, definitely an experience. So I moved to Long Beach, got a job at Vaughn's um, down on Broadway and uh, worked for Vaughn's, not at that particular store, but worked for Vaughn's the entire time I was in college. I went to Cal State Long Beach to get my bachelor's degree in liberal studies. Uh, that, you know, I knew from, a, from about my sophomore year of high school I wanted to be a teacher and that I wanted to go into education and that I wanted to provide students from a similar background as me the opportunities that I'd been given by teachers who believed in me and who'd pushed me and who really, really thought I could move on in life and, and, and take those next steps. And so I went to Cal State Long Beach for their teaching program. I spent four amazing years there at, the, at Cal State Long Beach, which was definitely an interesting experience coming from a conservative background into a very liberal environment. We'll talk about that more later on in different episodes, but um, it really gave me a different lens of seeing things not that I agreed with it. In fact, very much the opposite at the time. I was very, very opposite of the fact that um, how liberal the college was and in comparison to my conservative upbringing. And so um, that was the one piece I would say I struggled with, but met some great people, learned a lot of things, had some great experiences, got to spend three summers at Catalina working for Vons. It's just some awesome opportunities that wouldn't have happened had I not chosen to move away and go to school down in Long Beach instead of, and if I had chosen to stay home or go to Fresno State. So um, if you'll remember what I said a few minutes ago at 18, I said I was never coming back. Well, halfway through college, I met my wife uh, who still lived in Porterville. And so as a result, when I graduated in May of 2004 from Cal State Long Beach, I actually packed up, had all my stuff moved home back to Porterville prior to my actual graduation ceremony. So, so much for not moving back home, right? Um, but, you know, uh, as you get older, you learn that maybe you're not quite so smart at the age of 18 and that maybe the small town you grew up in isn't as bad <clears throat> as you thought it once was. And so, at 22, with a bachelor's degree in hand, I moved back home. I moved back home and with my parents for about six months until my wife and I moved in together the month before we were married. Uh, shortly after that, um, after moving in together, we, we got married in January of 2005. And then later that year, we had our oldest son in December of 2005. 
During that time, I was working as a substitute teacher and ended up getting my first full-time teaching position. I also worked on my teaching credential and then eventually my uh, administrative credential and master's degree. Um, so in 2009, uh, after four, year, four and a half years of teaching, I was offered an administrative position in early March. At that time, I had completed my bachelor's in liberal studies. I held two credentials, the teaching and the admin credential, and then my master's. And I decided that if I was ever going to do my doctorate, that I had to do it right then because I was in the habit of going to school. I was used to working late at night <clears throat> and completing projects. I knew if I took time off that it would never happen. And so I made the choice to pursue my educational doctorate. Uh, three and a half years later, I finished it uh, with an emphasis in educational leadership and administration. And so I, by the eight, by, before my 31st birthday, I had finished my doctorate. Uh, I also spent that time working in early Mart as the instructional data specialist and the vice principal. Those were some amazing experiences that allowed me to uh, have better understanding of the data involved in the schooling experience. Uh, after that, I became the director of state and federal programs, spent three years in that role, and learned even more about the inner workings of a school district and the, the behind-the-scenes financial side of things that most of us in the education field have no idea about and have no understanding of because we're not taught that. We're taught how to teach kids and we're taught what to do in the classroom, but we're not taught the business of running a school. And there's so much that goes into that that doesn't, uh, doesn't ever get seen by most people either in the public or in the classroom. Uh, after that, I had the opportunity to, to move to the district where my kids attends, attended school in a director level role. So the advantage here was one, it was my kids district. It would cut my drive in half. So I only would then be on the road for 30 minutes instead of an hour each day. And so I took the opportunity and that leads us to the position I'm in now as a director of school resources and support. Uh, I love what I do. I love finding ways to make the money work for us and working within the guidelines to ensure that our students have what they need. So that's a little bit about who I am. Like I said, I, I have five kids. Um, I, have the, I have a 14, 12, 10, 9, and 8-year-old right now. Um, they keep us pretty busy. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of background about who I am and, and what, uh, where I come from. Um, perhaps later on down the road, we'll, we'll dive into those topics a little more in depth individually, uh, but it gives you an overview. So you may be wondering if I have my doctorate and I am Dr. Martin, then why on earth would we name the podcast The Doc Martin Show? Um, it started off as a joke, half-heartedly made the joke to my wife, I should call it the Knock Doc Martin, Doc Martin Show because uh, I'll talk about things on it that I normally wouldn't discuss in everyday life. If you know me, if you were to meet me, historically speaking, I'm a pretty conservative person. I am not too in your face. I tend to shy away from topics of controversy, largely due to the position I hold and, 
and the influence that that has. And so I typically don't dive into conversations where there might be some controversy because I understand the role I hold carries weight. Um, but not diving into controversies and not tackling issues is, is kind of what gets our country, has gotten our country to where we're at today. We're afraid to talk about the things because we're afraid of offending someone. We're afraid of, of making someone mad or what will so-and-so think or what will my parents think? What will my siblings, my, my wife, you know, what, what will the people I work with really think if I share this opinion? that maybe is different than what was taught or raised or how you were raised. Um, so I jokingly told her one day, let's just call it the Not Doc Martin Show and I'll just be me with no reservations. And if you like that, great, keep listening. And if not, then I'm not your cup of tea and I'm at a point in life where I am who I am. And if, if that's not who you want to interact with, I completely understand that. And I, I wish you well. Uh, I have no ill will, but I'm going to be me. And I'm tired of trying to fit into a box to do what I feel is what is supposed to be done because that's the way it should be done and the way that it should be. So we, we're going with the Not Doc Martin show where we're not going to be afraid to talk about some of the things that I know will have a lot of emotional charge to them, but they're topics we need to discuss and they need to be discussed in a way that we can have those discussions and, and actually have a discussion and a conversation, not a one-sided monologue, not a campaign speech for vote for me because I'm going to solve the world's problems. No, let's have some honest conversations and it's going to be uncomfortable and people will feel uncomfortable when they hear things that might contradict with the way that they were raised or the things they heard growing up. I know myself personally, I've had to deal with some of those issues as I've gotten older in life and my viewpoints have changed and I've been exposed to more and more people and different viewpoints that my opinions now are not the same as they were at 18. And I don't think they should be. I have 20 more years of experience than I did at 18. So if I'm still thinking the same way I did at the time I was 18, then I failed to learn from that 20 years of experience. And so what I hope to bring through this podcast is that I can share a little bit of my experience. I can have some interesting people on for you to hear from uh, and share their viewpoints. And ultimately, you know, just to get my voice out there. Uh, Christy keeps telling me that I have a lot to say and that I should share it with the world and that my audience of the people I work with and the people I interact with every day is too small of an audience to share that with although I do share it with them, but I should be reaching for a larger audience. So here we go. This is what we're going to try. We'll see how it goes. Um, but at the end, the goal of this is to help spark conversation and to help people realize the importance of education. And I don't mean education as necessarily as learning two plus two equals four. Don't get me wrong, that's important. I would be remiss as a teacher and as an educator to not give value to that because there is value in that. But more importantly, it's about educating yourself in general, not on just one specific topic. 
It's learning the skills to get an education and learning how the world of education can impact everything that we're talking about. So each episode that we'll have, that will be different in the topic. One topic might be on the history of certain things. Another topic might be on a current issue. But at the end, at the end of every episode, we'll have the opportunity to hear briefly on how directly education can impact that and how you as an individual can impact that. Uh, we all can make changes. Every large change starts with someone wanting it and then taking that first step. As they say, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. You have to take that initial step. And so having the conversations, starting the conversations and learning uh, about the different things that, that are out there is an avenue that we can use to help improve the world that we live in and the world we're leaving behind for our kids. And I truly believe if there is nothing else that I, I believe deeply is that education is the gateway for change. Whether that's changing your circumstance, whether that's changing the cycle of poverty, whether that's changing the world, you have to have an educated populace and an educated people to be able to do that. Without an educated people, without educated populace, without people understanding on how they can make that change and where they can get that information, you won't see the change. But you have to be willing and open to being educated. And I don't just, I don't mean indoctrinated. I don't mean education in the traditional sense of going to school for four years for high school and then going to college. I mean expanding your knowledge. I mean looking at yourself and finding out what you don't know and working to find out how you can find that information. Education isn't just in the traditional sense. If you want to learn how to build a website, go out and find how to build a website. That doesn't mean you have to go to a university or a school or anything like that. Go to a website that teaches you that. Go to YouTube, go to Google, go to Udemy or go to Teachable, one of the online platforms. Because until we're willing to work on ourselves and until we're willing to make the change within, it doesn't matter what we want. Wanting something without making the steps to, without taking the steps for it to happen is just a dream. And dreams aren't bad, but you can't expect a dream to happen if you're not willing to do your piece. And so ultimately for me, the goal of this podcast would be for you to hear something here that triggers a thought that maybe you want to learn more about it. Maybe it inspires you to take action and make a change in, in yourself. Because at the end of the day, if we want to change the world, we have to first start and change ourselves and reflect within and look at ourselves and say, what can I do to get better? And if I work on me getting better and the person next to me works on them getting better, then each day we each get a little better. And at the end of the day, our whole world gets a little better. So thanks for joining us on this introductory episode. I hope you'll come back next time. Um, where we'll have a more specific topic and we'll have a little more information out there on that topic rather than just an overview of what this is about. Thanks again for joining us today on the Not Doc Martin Show.
Thanks for joining in today. I hope you found something useful in the episode and that it inspired you to seek out some information and to cause the change that you wanted to see. If you'd like to find out more information about me, please find me on Facebook or Twitter at DocMartin2013. Thanks again for joining us and make sure to come back for more great episodes of the Not Doc Martin Show.